Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology, we bring it to the streets. Got my co-host with me, Pastor Michael Teddy. Um, Glad to have him, honored to have him. Glad to be with you guys, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Pastor Michael will give you an email if you want to reach out to him. Uh, We uh, we did a three-part, and I'm really proud of both of us because this is our third week. The first week, a couple of weeks ago, we started with the importance of confessions. Then we got all, then we went into the importance of reading extra biblical material, never to take the place, but to read it alongside the Bible. And now we have to get back to our eschatological uh, viewpoints or our end time uh, theological viewpoints. And uh, Pastor Michael has been taking his church through Matthew 13. So I'm going to give it to Pastor Michael to just give you a few opening words. And then um, basically how he's viewing Matthew 13 in what kind of eschatological lens that he's looking at it. um, End times lens, if you will. And maybe we can debate with him a little bit. Maybe we can learn from him or both. But and I always learn from Pastor Michael, so I'm interested to know how he's looking at uh, Matthew 13, which is got a whole bunch of parables, right there, Pastor Mike? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's good to do this segment. Uh, so uh, glad to be with all of you. And uh, if, if you anybody wants to write to me, please do so. Just write at michaelterry at gmail dot com, and uh, would. Love to hear from you guys, and uh, we keep doing these shows, and we hope you're blessed, uh, blessed by our conversations. Right? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Matthew 13, where we our ears are open. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, so we've been journeying through the Gospel of Matthew at our church, and uh, Matthew has a lot of eschatological texts, a lot of. Uh, text that you have to preach and you've got to land somewhere. And so my own uh, journey in learning eschatology has been more uh, predominant through this series, you know, and I've had to do a lot of reading. And, you know, to be honest, there's just so much to read (laughs) on the subject. There's a lot to read on the subject. It's a wide subject. So, um, yeah, so Michael, one one question because uh, just from last week's segment, any um any recommended commentary that you've been looking at with Matthew or uh, D. A. Carson wrote a, a an excellent commentary on Matthew many years ago in the Expositors Bible Commentary. Are you have you been using any commentary on that? Yeah, I've been using multiple. Uh, I've been using. Uh, I've read a little bit of D. A. Carson. I've uh, uh, I. 
read John Gill, I do Matthew Henry, I even do uh, John MacArthur. John MacArthur's mm-hmm. commentary series on on Matthew. And so you get different pictures, you get different perspectives and uh, uh just how they view the text and things like that. Um uh, uh, and I also do a lot of read up on uh, uh Doug Wilson's articles, his blog, his um from his point of view um uh, and so like i've been saying there's just so much you could read and get lost in all of it well you, you know? just you just mentioned guys from two different eschatological persuasions john <laughs> macarthur and and doug wilson you're talking about two yeah. sides of the spectrum so get right. keep keep going yeah so <laughs> so yeah so uh, matthew 13 it's been interesting so Uh, myself i've been leaning more and more to the post millennial view the optimistic view and uh, you know this is uh, this is one of those topics where uh, you know you can change your theology mid air <laughs> uh, depending on <laughs> depending on what happens uh, but yeah but it's been interesting so some of the things that have been standing out for me from matthew chapter 13 is that you've got in this entire chapter a series of parables okay and uh, it's interesting uh, the, the Matthew 13 starts with laying the context for us where Jesus uh, stood on the beach there's a large crowd that gathers around him he gets on a boat and he begins to teach them and it's just amazing he begins to teach them in fact in Matthew 13 Matthew tells us that in verse 34 he says all these things jesus said to the crowds in parables indeed he said nothing to them without a parable so to that crowd jesus only spoke in parables so you've got a chapter full of parables and all these parables are addressing the topic of the kingdom of heaven and uh, if if you put yourself in the shoes of the jews at that time this is the message everybody wanted to hear if jesus is the messiah they've been waiting for then the message they want to hear from him is how his kingdom is going to be established how is this this is this a political kingdom what what what's going to happen here and uh, if if he is the messiah he's the king he's come and so this is the message they wanted to hear and uh, and jesus is talking to them about that message and he speaks to them in parables indeed he didn't use any other language any other way of speaking to them and the disciples asked him why he does that right they they it, they go and ask him in verse 10 why do you speak to them in parables and he answered them to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been given so the point being the crowd in that place were rejecting Jesus constantly his message constantly there was a constant pushback to what Jesus was bringing and so he is talking to them in parables to shroud the message of the secrecy of God's kingdom and not to reveal to them but to the disciples he wants to reveal so this you know these parables have a dual purpose to hide the truth from a certain group of people and to reveal it to a certain so that's just to lay the context but to but to say this all these parables are referring to the kingdom of heaven and it is so interesting how uh, the different parables gives you so much of perspective on this kingdom so you've got for example the parable of the uh, sower who sows the seed right 
and you you have the sower who sows the seed across all kinds of soil um not just some soil he's not selectively sowing he is sowing the seed across all so- soil and we're told that the seed is the word of god and the soil are the uh, hearts of people and there's the good soil that receives the word and bears fruit and there are all sorts of other soil that don't yield the fruit at the end of it uh, and so he says that's that's referring to how the seeds of the kingdom are being put and uh, for me it was very interesting that god talks about the kingdom spreading god talks about the kingdom establishing as a sower sowing seed and that's a go to text that uh, everybody likes to preach on when it comes to evangelism this is what we do we give the gospel we sow the seed across all soil and it is god who brings the growth and so the kingdom is sowed upon the earth which is very interesting for me so the so the kingdom is established like a sower sowing his seed and then uh the disciples come ask him the question and he explains to them exactly what that means and then you've got the parable of the weeds uh where jesus talks about you know the sowing the seed and the enemy comes and sows weed among the seed and the interesting thing is that when uh, uh, in fact i think uh, the the word used for weeds there is darnel which is something that looks very similar to wheat and so you don't know its weeds till they grow up to the time of harvest so the more they grow the more you realize there are weeds among the the wheat yeah and and the darnel plant is a poisonous plant right so right. and and they look so much similar and and in fact when they grow together the the obviously the the tares and the wheats have to be separate one of the things the practical point about that parable when you talk about the darnel plant is that the church and the imposters in the church I'm kind of now using a hermeneutic here actually look the same and until the end until the harvest and that's always a scary um parable am i am i correct in that uh, pastor michael yeah it is it is and that's pre- precisely what what jesus is telling his disciples and what what the, the interesting thing is remember all these parables are concerning the kingdom of heaven so what does the church having wheat and weeds have to do with the kingdom um what what does that have to do with the kingdom and when the disciples come and ask jesus explain to us what that means he explains to them that indeed it's talking about the church indeed it's talking about the people how there are weeds among the wheat mm-hmm. and here's what jesus says in uh, verses 39 he says the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers who come are the angels okay and just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire so will it be at the end of the age verse 41 the son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers so sending the workmen at the end to gather the weeds away from the wheat and throw them into the fire 
is likened to Jesus sending the angels at the end of the age to gather the weeds out from the wheat. And the language used is that the angels are coming down from heaven, so to speak, into his kingdom, which, which was an interesting language for me. So the, the church containing weeds and wheat is his kingdom, and the angels are gathering out of his kingdom. And so at the end of the age, the earth is his kingdom. At the end of the age, the earth is the kingdom from which the weeds are separated. Now, I grew up in a heavy, left-behind, uh, pre-mill, pre-tribulation uh, culture, right? And uh, so I lived all my life waiting for the rapture. I lived all my life waiting for the time of tribulation to come. Um, and so I lived my life thinking that at the end of the age, God was going to send his angels to gather the righteous unto himself and destroy the wicked. But here, it's not the righteous that are being gathered out from the wicked. It's the wicked that are being gathered out from the righteous. And they're being thrown into the fire. And so it, it was interesting for me to see that picture drawn here with the parable of the weeds. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying because the uh, we've always, you know, everybody teaches that the Lord comes and takes the righteous, right? And here he comes and takes the wicked. Right. Um, and then so they, out, yeah. out from his kingdom. You know, and uh, which yeah, is so they are the language. I want to I, I want to be careful here. So they're the ones raptured, really, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, they they yeah. would be raptured into destruction. Yeah, they would be. Yeah, and uh, so so for me, these parables are building upon each other. And then you've got the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven, which basically says that the smallest seed, the kingdom of heaven, is like the mustard seed, the smallest seed. And when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So, or the kingdom of heaven is like a leaven that a woman took and hid three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now, this is talking about growth. And it talks about a growth that's a successful growth, not a destructive growth. We're not hearing the story about a mustard seed that tried to become a tree but could not become a tree and was destroyed. We're talking about a mustard seed. Again, remember the language in all of this is the sower sowing the seed upon the ground, the uh, um, wheat and weeds growing on the ground, and now we have uh, the mustard seed sowed on the ground. Everything is of a language of Jesus has come and sowed the kingdom as a seed upon the earth. So I was telling the congregation, the more I read this, I don't get the picture that heaven is going to descend from the skies. I get the picture that heaven is going to rise like a seed from out of the ground, that heaven is going to rise from the earth. Uh, and we know that's what the church is. That's what the church does. And so when, when you read that, and then you go to Matt, something like the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. That seems like a victory march. And in fact, there he talks about baptizing nations. 
what is baptizing nations look like not just baptizing peoples it's baptizing nations that looks like a victorious commission under the authority of Christ's role to baptize nations into believing in Christ so every parable adding upon each other the parable of the hidden treasure that this kingdom is worth more value than any pearl this kingdom is worth more value than anything that man can possess and the, the parable of the net is the is the is was the one that really also caught me which is it talks about when it talks addresses the net there it's not talking about the shallow fishing net it's talking about those huge nets that are cast on a wide section of the of the sea that uh, on one end you know they're floating on the top and the other end has got weights that this net is like a wall under the ocean and they drag all kinds of fish and all kinds of stuff onto the shore that's the example jesus uses for the reach of the kingdom so the sower sowing on all seed the net that's cast so wide like a wall that brings in everything to its uh, consummation to its conclusion yeah and that's uh, and again i don't want to a lot of the post mill guys and you know how ashuk is trying to get us to that corner <laughs> but the you know a lot of the post mill guys will say the mustard seed and at that time it was the smallest seed um at right. that particular time it was the smallest seed and notice how it grows into this large large tree um a lot of the post mill guys would use that and say that's how the kingdom it's going to continue to grow until the lord returns and i think the same thing then with the net right I mean, all nations will be gathered eventually, you know, so that would be, yeah, yeah please. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is that uh, Jesus says in verse 49, so it will be at the end of the age. And uh, when he's saying, so it will be at the end of the age, he's referring to what this net does, which gathers uh, every kind of fish from the sea. and verse 48 says when the net was full men drew it ashore so the conclusion that jesus draws is at the eight, at the end of the age the net is going to be full at the end of the age the net is not empty at the end of the age it doesn't appear like a few christians are caught in the web of the world's power it looks like the world is caught in the net of god's kingdom and that's the picture that this parable gives and so matthew 13 for me personally has just been stacking up more and more of the reach the authority the power the optimism of the christian mission to reach the ends of the earth and draw all men unto itself that Jesus calls the earth at the end of the age his kingdom in fact we're told uh, and i'm sorry i forget the reference here we're told that jesus at the end of the age will uh, will give the kingdom to his father will offer the the kingdom to his father and this is that kingdom and i don't think jesus is going to offer to the father a broken kingdom i think he's going to offer to the father a kingdom full a kingdom victorious a kingdom uh, achieved and so matthew 13 has so far been for me the greatest 
push uh, to see that particular view of eschatology, to be optimistic about how the kingdom grows out of the ground and how the angels come and take the wicked out of that kingdom and throw them into the fire. Uh, and uh, so we've got about, I think, uh, several sermons. I'm sure we've got about at least six or seven sermons on Matthew 13. And they're, they're, they're all going to be uploaded on our website. So if people want to check out redemptionhill.in, they can go and, you know, just subscribe there or just um, uh, keep looking up on our sermon section. And you could follow up on all of those sermons as they're being uploaded. Yeah, I think, you know, I think when we look at uh, these views and, uh, you know, I think the R mill and the post mill and, you know, you got guys that, you know, um, and in and, and all views of eschatology, you got sound uh, biblical men. But the, the view of, you know, and people say, well, how can the world be getting better? And And you think about this, you think about a God who, if you look at this world in our own eyesight, we say, that's crazy. This world is, but God is working in the undercurrents of history. He's working in the, like using the mustard seed, where you think everything is going wrong, but no, everything in God's eyes in his kingdom is going right. You know what the world meant for evil, God meant for good, right? So, so we want to be careful we don't, we're not saying that there isn't problems in the world, but we're saying God is over those problems and he's able to work inside these problems to bring about his good. And I think when we take a view like that, and then again, we're still, you know, with me and you and Ashuk and kind of discussing these things, it just shows the sovereignty of God. It, it doesn't, it doesn't debunk that, yeah, there are things that are terrible. But I'll tell you one thing, for me, you would never believe, or I would never believe, in this administration that that the Roe v. Wade would be overturned. And that's kind of the mustard seed, right? That's, that's kind of the mustard seed growing um, despite this, and that's kind of the the tares growing with the wheat, right? I mean, and so anyway, I don't want to start preaching on this, but but we got about a minute and a half left. So I'm going to give you a minute and I'll close out with the half. So um, this has been an honor to do this. So give, give me a minute, minute 10, and I'll, I'll close this out. Sure. You know, and uh, people who talk about the world getting worse, I think we should take world history into perspective and not just the past 10 years or the past 20 years. We should be looking at things in 500-year chunks, like Doug Wilson says. We should take large chunks. And the point is, you see, when the uh, the war with Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine, was uh, was brewing and it, and, and, it, and it started, people were saying, this is it. You know, this is the disaster. This is it. This is going to, you know, this is going to be the next big war. And... What happened is that the world rallied or people rallied behind Ukraine in such a way that that was not anticipated. We've got people more sensitive about avoiding a war like never before in history. We've got people rallying like never before in history. 
and we've got ukraine standing their ground like nobody expected yeah you know and so what could have been the worst was not as bad and uh, the point being uh, things are actually getting better in many ways if you look at it if you if you go back 600 years and you look at every function of society you look at medically you look at on different Uh, sections uh, technology uh, you look at uh, global peace you look at a lot of these things you're going to see improvement and the point is we're not saying that it's a constant graph of ever improvement it's it's a graph that goes up and down but the point is with every decline there's a greater increase and overall we can see an improvement of where the world is headed and in closing i want to say this go preach the gospel Let God do his work, go preach the gospel. And um let's just not sit down and and wait. Let's just go out and and sow the Amen. the sow the wheat, sow sow the seed and and let God do his business. Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Pastor Michael Teddy, Street Talk Theology, we take theology, we bring it to the streets. May the Lord bless and keep you and shine his light upon you. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. <music>